So let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Night City Council, and the council is in session. We got questions. We got all kinds of stuff we can do. My name is John John the Wise, and I am here with my illustrious co-host that has just returned from PAX, James Hutt from our Talsorian Games. James, how are you? Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, John John. Appreciate well, it. Uh, as we've stated in previous episodes, I must have you. Or this is a different show. <laughs> it's cyberpunk in a car, but you're in your office. This exactly. Time. Cyberpunk in my room by myself. So cyberpunk sad. In my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we hope you guys have had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. I know that the, the bug is going around and it's hindered a lot of things for a lot of people. So I just hope that everybody's doing well and uh, is healthy and safe. Right, James? Absolutely. Yeah, that's um, that's all we care about with our fan base. We love this community. We love you guys. Stay safe, everybody. But we don't want to bum anybody out. This is a show about fun and cyberpunk. So I really wanted to get straight into it and talk about your PAX experience, James, because you just came from PAX. Is this the first convention you've been to since the Pandy? I think so. Um it certainly feels like it. Um, we did some like online conventions during the um, the thing that will probably cause demonetization. Yeah, so I won't say it for your benefit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I I feel you. You know what? That's what you're you. you're a YouTuber now because you think like that now. So like that's it. You're a YouTuber now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've been a VTuber this entire time, actually. I this knew is, it, man. A, Where's the cat ears? This is an incredibly uh, well-done CGI. <laughs> oh, man. But um, and we got sidetracked. We're try- talking about your PAX experience, my friend. Oh, yeah. PAX experience, it went great. Um, we Everybody had a ton of fun. Uh, we uh, teamed up with, with Monster Fight Club, mm-hmm. ran sort of like a dual booth set up but a pretty big booth for us and um the short version is everybody was on their a game and everybody did an awesome job um i worked my butt off everybody else worked their butt off uh and um we got to see a lot of fans and that was awesome um and i got to play a lot of games uh this time because we brought tons of people some people worked boots so I could like play cyberpunk with people. Oh, nice. You um, actually so played. I with got people? to play a lot of cyberpunk with completely random, awesome fans. Um, Did you run games or play in yeah. games? I was running games. Okay. Running games. Nobody wants uh, to run a game for you, huh? Except me. I mean, well, I, I, you know, I want to give them. It's. It's not about me at these conventions. It's about the people. I get it's about it. the fans, and I want to give them the best experience possible. Yeah, Look, I, I mean, love you just playing games. And trust me, when everything closed down, I had a lot of fun myself staying up late when I probably should be asleep until the hall closed, playing Killer Queen Black with a bunch of other people all face masked up, um, just uh, playing Killer Queen for the... I haven't been able to play that game in a very long time. That's an arcade game, by the way, where there's like 10 people in this giant like dome, half dome thing with all these sticks and buttons. Okay. 
and, and it's five v five. Oh, it's an arcade. Yeah, it's a really cool arcade game. Um, what is it called again? Maybe perhaps one of the coolest arcade games. Killer Queen Black. Killer Queen. Well, Black is the re-release. This gotcha. is this is an OG Killer Queen machine. And it's a uh, oh, it's it's like kind of like that Tank Wars game, right? Yeah, kind of like that. It's like you guys take turns hitting each other with artillery and stuff like that, or? Oh, no, no, no. It's it's five people from your team on a screen, five people from my team on a screen. There's three win conditions, and it's a lot more like um, a big party game aesthetic, mm-hmm. like a tower fall aesthetic. Oh, so like everybody has a job, basically. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, yeah. Yeah, and one player is the queen, and it's kind of like killing the queen three times is like getting the golden snitch in. Wow. That's this is an aside to say that PAX is very fun. We're talking about PAX unplugged, by the way. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of PAXs all over the world. This um, was in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was in Philly. No. Philly it was in Philly, Philly Philadelphia. That's right. Um, I could tell because it was right next to the reading terminal market. Yeah. So we just, I had too many, um, really cheese steaks. Uh, I ate like three of them, uh, and you don't want to eat three of them while working a bunch on on one weekend. You know? Yeah, no, no, that's a heavy just, meal. It man. was just a lot. You got, I, I you was gotta have time on off. my third one. On my third one, I was halfway through, and I was like, "No, stop!" Halfway stop through it. the third, stop it. <laughs> it's too late, stop man. It. The damage has been done. <laughs> the damage has been done. But it would have reached critical levels. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't hit reach critical mass yet. That's good. <laughs> Over the course of four days. Yeah. Because we had to show up a day early to set up and stuff. So what um, was the vibe like over there as far as uh, every was it nervous energy, excitement? It was just like business as usual. So um, I don't remember how this went in terms of the whole um, nami nom um, varietal. Yeah. Um, but, um, everybody was just super excited to be out there and doing stuff. Um, everybody was masked up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, uh, the idea wasn't like it is right now as of, you know, recording this, it was a little, the environment was a little safer. I think, um, luckily they did it when they did it. Cause I don't think they do it. No. Um, no. But um, yeah, it was um, it was good. It was safe. Um, I had a lovely time. I met a bunch of other people in the street. It's great to network. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, uh, being there, I hadn't gotten, I haven't really gotten to network in person for like a year and a half, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm usually like out there and trying to talk to people and be all cool and stuff. Yeah, I mean, especially I mean, a way the- to say that I'm not very cool. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> You're cool to us, all right, James. You let everybody know out there, like, hey, to to a group of people out there, I'm a god. <laughs> but um, yeah, people love people love it when you when you have that type of video. Yeah, just they wear just a T-shirt that. that says "People love me." <laughs> exactly. Uh, that, that shirt just reads, "Please love me." Yeah, please. <laughs> when you translate Cro- it, cross out the people. Right, please. On please. The- <laughs> um. The cool thing about our hobby, man, is there's when you go to those kind of conventions, 
there's other things within our hobby that we're fans of because like you as a Mm -hmm. as an rpg writer you have you like anime you like other rpgs so you're like they're enjoying it just like everybody else right pretty much um except it's like um in a way um you know i i became more of a fan of the hobby by working in it yeah um so um you know yeah there was a time when i was like yeah i I love playing fighter fighter Mm -hmm. is great and i did love playing that fighter that was a very good D &D campaign Mm -hmm. but i would say i'm even more of a fan of tabletop role-playing games now than i was back then and i still had a lot of fun back then so you can just i don't know i i feel like if i'm in a room and i'm in a room with like 17 people that are vibrantly excited to be there. Um, that's just going to be a great time, no matter what's going on. You know, just as long as they're not trying to sacrifice me to some dark God. Um, well, then it's not <laughs> going to be fun. Come on, man. <laughs> Fair. I mean, but Darren, I'd be, I'd be over there like, I- I'm really glad you guys are enjoying this. This is, this is the vibes in here. Are great. <laughs> This is, the, tiny? this is the weirdest Call of Cthulhu game I've ever played. <laughs> right, yeah. Wow, cool. Percentile dice, huh? We're, we're LARPing? Is this a LARP? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Are we LARPing? <laughs> that, oh, man. That's some good dialogue right there. Yeah, there that's you gotta it. You got to put that in some. <laughs> I saw the new Hawkeye that is LARPing in it. Oh, yeah. The, how cool is that, up. dude? We're, we're so coming good. up. We're coming up, I man. used to LARP. And it's it's like, yeah, it's kind of like that. I like how they did boffer a boffer lark instead of like a, a steel weapon lark. Mm-hmm. My old um, my old boffer um, lark clue, uh, inland ocean. There you go. Yeah, um, proof. Um, but um, they would have they would have gotten an absolute kick out of it. Man, I want to do that again. I I did that in high school, and I kind of stopped when I went to college. But I'm jealous gotta, of you, man. I wish I gotta I w- get back to it. I wish I was uh, nerdy in high school. I was too busy trying to make the popular people like me. Well, and spoiler alert, they ended up not liking me anyway. <laughs> and I didn't get to LARP. I could have been LARPing in the forest with some cool people, but instead, I was uh-huh. being I was ne- being a never phony. in a for- more like LARPing in the dog park. In the dog. Park. The problem with LARPing in the dog park is that no one brings like um, historically accurate shoes yeah. because you're in a dog park. <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is clean historically accurate shoes. So you bring like your least favorite pair of shoes because you're running full speed and I don't have time to look down. Yeah, <laughs> and the amount of fo- foam swords you lose to those dogs <laughs> coming in. No, <laughs> no, that that's the great part. I the dogs were never poorly trained. I'm not going to throw shade on the dogs. They were all very well behaved. Well, the dogs obviously knew the danger of a level 38 wizard standing right in front of him. Okay. He's not going to go and try to mess with that guy. I wish I wish I got to play more fantasy LARP. Um, the The group that I would that I LARPed with, um, they only did like um, they did like low magic buffer LARP. Dude, what? <laughs> no, it was kind of cool because it became all about the sword fighting, right? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So it's like um, chivalry, chivalrous kind of thing going on. Knights, right? Yeah, swordsmen. Le- less Ren Fairy, actually, because okay. it was all people who used to do like um, the the LARPing with metal weapons, 
And their stories were pretty much like, yeah, I love doing that. It was awesome. But then I got hit in the knee. And after my <laughs> surgery, I, it turns out you can't blunt a bone. And if you blunt an edged weapon of sufficient size, it becomes a blunt weapon. Oh yeah, those things are heavy. They a hit big like clubs. metal thing is still gonna hit your is still gonna fracture something. Yeah, yeah. And then you're yeah. still going to the hospital. That energy has to go somewhere and it'll go straight to your little brain and rattle it around. Or one of your your elbow or your knee. I heard a lot of elbows and knee stories. <laughs> oh man. Or people got hit in the hand and they were like, yeah, I couldn't move these two fingers. And then I decided maybe I wanted to do buffer instead. So LARPing is a full contact sport is what you're telling me. Buffer LARPing is 95% safe. Okay. Got it. Got it. That's fun. Anyway, uh, uh, I, I'm glad you shared that story with me. Oh, I'm, and I had a I had a great sword, two handed. Yes. Okay, that's I that's, made it myself. That's what a real man that was uses. My favorite favorite LARP weapon. <laughs> a real man says, "I need both hands for my killing machine." <laughs> right, right. Two hands for my full noodle killing machine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I sewed a, I sewed a guard over it so it wouldn't get a. I've always said that that LARPing to me is like how my wife sees my hobbying. I see LARPing in the same way where it's like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I'm happy that you guys are happy and I support you and go do your thing. But it's just not for me. And that's exactly how my wife feels about all of my Warhammer, Cyberpunk, you name it, everything. They even she even thinks betrayal on the house on the hill is like a little too far out there. Is that what it's called? Betrayal on the house on the. It has too many yeah. words. It's on the on the betrayal at the house on the at the like at the on the in the. Love that game. Yeah, it's a good. It's a great board game. It's a great board game. It's one of the best. Uh, so you were there all three days at PAX. Was it a three day event? Uh, I believe so. Um, and I was there a day early, and we stayed a day after. We like to show up a day early to set up. Yeah. Um, so we're not doing setup on the day because we have too big of a booth for that. And then um, we stay a day after because we don't want to like do the following things all in one day. You take down the booth, then you you pack it, make sure it's going where it needs to. Then you pack yourself up. Then you go to the airport in the same day. Mm. No, no, we're no. just like we're just gonna we're gonna pack up the booth, whatever, get a dinner, and then. Do it in the morning. Nice. That's good. So you, other than doing interviews and running uh, games for people, what else did you guys do at the Cyberpunk uh, booth right there by Monster Fight Club? I gave a couple of interviews, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when those are going up. One of them um, is a game, up. Yeah, Gamers up. on Games, Dave Nighthawk. He's, uh, he gave me a nice little yeah. shout out. Both of you did. Which I appreciate. Yes. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, thank um, you. So there's that one. And I think there was another one. I don't remember, mm-hmm. to be honest. It A lot of it blurs. I bought a lot of dice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you play I some Combat Zone or the Borderlands uh, game that Monster Fight Club had? I drooled over the minis for quite some time. And I, uh, I bought some uh, fine uh, ladders and uh, crates. Oh, cool. Um, but do they, do they come uh, pre-painted from Monster Fight Club? There's there's some 
that comes through painted out of them, and it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I got to have John back on so we can talk about all that stuff. I'm excited for them. I'm excited to put it all together in a diorama set. I do have a bit other extra news. Oh, please. I'm uh, I'm moving house right now. Wow. Yeah. Where are you going? I'm moving. I'm moving. It's here's why it's funny, and in this context, it's okay. funny to bring it up. Um, I'm uh, I'm moving out of a micro studio, which of course caused me to write about cube hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that studio, I had the nightmare that inspired me to write cube hotels as they are in cyberpunk. Okay. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it's that bad. It's a seven by 11 foot room and I need to move out of it. I've saved enough money. Um, I'm moving into a rent control. Thank the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one bedroom. Nice, in Redmond. man. So moving Red- into a, a livable space. Congratulations, man. I'm, I'm excited for and you. And it's right across the street from where I live beforehand. Nice. So, same neighborhood. Easy move. <laughs> More space. Yeah, you I'm can you can leave like little notes and uh, stuff like under the floorboards, and then just like peek and see what the new tenant is doing. Maybe drive him ah. crazy. Yes, the... but there's cement floors. Oh, there's never no mind. floorboards. Damn. You expected something else. I did. I expected. I don't know I what something I expected. Something nicer, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what. Well, congratulations, man. That's good. That's good to hear that you are moving on up. And that's going to be good for your mental health, your physical health. You're going to be writing better. And that ultimately means we're going to be getting like way better cyberpunk books, right? What that means is that I'll probably be inspired to continue the um, the Cube Hotels series uh, up a few levels, you know. Yeah. I'm now, I'm skipping card containers. We're going into... <laughs> that'll happen eventually um i am i am still working we're not talking about a dlc today no we are not we're... i am i am working on dlcs we, the holiday break kind of interrupted stuff look man it'll be out near the end of the month nobody's maybe judging you next month. nobody's judging you all right it's all um, good well i've been working on black chrome so oh that's nice almost done with that Ooh, that's good to hear uh, well almost done with the writing process Books are a lot more than just writing. Sure, it's still going to sure. be a while, but um, I'm reaching a milestone, which is cool. That's good. So you you got to have that full convention experience day yep. in day out. It was great. Day it was great. Night. And then of course everything got bad again. So now we can't do it for a while. I know, but man, um, that sweet spot. They did a good job on that sweet spot. Uh, they couldn't have planned it. I know. <laughs> it just got lucky. So to give us some stories from some of the games that you played or that you ran, anything interesting or fun? Uh, and and what kind of scenarios did you run? So I did prototype a new scenario type. Um, I'll give you guys the, the short version of how to run it yourself. Okay. This is like, uh, and this is going to get kind of weird. So I apologize. Oh, man. I'm buckled Anyone up. who's... So you get, you sit down. And this is specifically something for conventions. So you're running this at a convention. You need character sheets and you need to put them on the table. Then you got everyone take their character sheet. They find the one they want, right? Oh, you mean pre-made characters. You're like, you guys pre-made are playing characters. these guys. You're playing pre-made characters. Gotcha. This is, uh, this is a, a quick way to get people into cyberpunk and get people into action. Were these the same pre-mades from the book, from the core rulebook? Red Eye and all them. Yeah, 
I, I use those. I use the ones from the single shot pack DLC. Okay. Um, which is those, but printable nicely on our website and mm-hmm. the DLCs are free still. Um, clear for some confusion. Yeah. Um, they'll get it eventually. Yeah. We'll figure um, it out. They'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, so um, you sit at the table, you give everybody pre-made character sheets. They pick their own. Um, and uh, you, you stand up and, you know, you make some ostentatious gestures. And the reason why you do that, that's actually, that's, that's a strategy. Okay. The reason why you're doing that is your goal is to break the ice as fast as possible. Mm. Cause you're about to ask someone a, very very interesting question that is going to require them to think in character and is going to make that character player immediately immersed hmm. okay so you you said that one of your you, the technique you used was to just make a like joke make be a, a bumbling moron just to lighten things up because you want Stand them up, to be loose do this you know be weird yeah a little bit um they'll uh they'll stop like going because they're thinking in their head, are these people going to like me? Oh yeah. That's you know, right. Is this awkward? Am I, you know, social anxiety, social anxiety. The goal here is for you to be like the sin eater of social anxiety. Yeah. I'm going to be weirder than you will ever be in this game session. And because of that, you don't have to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so try that vibe for like five seconds. You stand up and you say, okay, self-selection. Who wants their character to have done a very, very bad thing? Mm. And mind you, you will have to be cool with doing something on the suggestion that somebody else says that, you're, uh, that you have done. Okay. But they don't get to pick the bad thing they did. They only have to take the onus of, okay, I'm the one who did the bad. Yeah. And they'll look around and likely what you will discover is the player that is there and wants to play right now will raise their hand. You will get the most charismatic, the the quickest to act player. Hmm. Um, That's great. Then you point to someone at the table, either to the left of them or sneaky trick. Um, if you notice someone at the table that maybe is, uh, if you pick up on your radar, that they're just there because their friend signed them up with them or something like that, um, your goal uh, is to, if A, you run into a situation of they actually don't just, just don't want to be here, those people exist, don't point at them. Mm-hmm. But if they do and they're started to you, you've gotten that they're maybe softening up to the idea. Uh, you say, okay, in give me five words that explain a very bad thing. they I have never had anyone say anything really crass at this, but there is that there is the danger that they might. Mm-hmm. And at which case it's your point. That's the point. Time where you go, Well, maybe something else. Yeah. You are kind of rolling the dice because they're complete strangers. It's your first time ever meeting. And you're like, Hey, what's a really bad thing someone can do. Right. But it'll work 80% of the time. And that other 20% of the time, that's your job to fix that. Yeah. You'll be like, you know, that's a little bit too harsh. Bring it down a little bit. And then I, if they, if they, and it didn't happen, not a single time. It was always cool, inventive, and I could spin it in an interesting way. Nice. I would definitely point at someone else, if so. Okay, maybe something else. Point. 
and it'll be funny. Yeah, and, I've always. And it'll also give them a, it'll also kind of give them a reality check to, hey, we don't do that here. Yeah. Right. And it'll let them play it off and move forward because we want to have grace with everybody. Yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta have grace because it's all about intention. You know, maybe somebody absolutely. is a little bit more uh, liberal with those kinds of things compared to other people. You know, and that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means that those two people wouldn't click on that one subject. Most of the time, you get you killed someone, you stole something. Yeah, exactly. You killed someone, you stole great. something. Yeah, yeah. Then you, you betrayed someone. Right, yeah. You betrayed someone. You accidentally killed someone. Mm -hmm. um, I had one group where people, all the people knew each other, which is crazy. Um, you almost never at these shows get like, okay, everybody who signed up to your game is actually friends in real life, and they all play Vampire the Masquerade together, right? That was a fun game. Um, but uh, you almost never get that. And in that one, I got a very, there was very personalized, here's what you did wrong. And it was you you hit somebody with a car and it killed them while you were driving under the influence of something uh. last night, which could very quickly be a problem with another group. But here, everybody laughed. It was great. And it was a clear, it was an inside joke or something somewhere. And so I rolled. Uh, okay. Um, that was a great one because I had them kill Hanako Arasaka's um childhood friend oh well that's not good. and then and then the story is always the same right mm -hmm. they wake up after some usually a crazy night of some kind because all of this stuff can be sort of rolled into that bit yeah yeah this is kind of like the hangover yeah um and they but they look at the hangover with a different movie stitched in the middle of it. yeah and they yeah. look outside <laughs> a little like, more violent um you look outside and there's your, you on a giant billboard of some type, your face or whatever murderer wanted for. Oh. Um, yeah. Like a uh, bounty on your head. The loss of their trusted. Swears vengeance. Mm. And That's then scary. you have some options, but basically the name of the game here is you tell people at the very beginning, this is called Consequences. The name of the session is Consequences. Um, and you do everything you want. Mm -hmm. After that, you you throw everything at them. Yeah, it's such and a And they'll immediately... Premise. Right, but it's the exact opposite of what they might expect mm -hmm. from another game. This is the opposite of Goblins. And the opposite of Goblins is Arasaka Strike Force. Um, my new favorite antagonist guy in a motorcycle helmet who arrives alone because when a guy gets off a motorcycle like 200 feet away from you and just starts walking toward you you know what i mean completely alone motorcycle mask still down yeah that's and, like a and you're on the a, other end of the table as the gm yeah i'll definitely be afraid <laughs> right right exactly um guy with motorcycle mask um Cyber Psycho arrives on the elevator as they they're in their apartment. They have oh. to get out of the building, right? Oh man! Uh, Cyber Psycho. They go to the elevator. Elevator opens. Roll combat. Uh, you get all this fun stuff. Like, are you in the elevator? Or are you out of the elevator? I hit the button on the elevator. Uh, Doors close. Uh, that's hilarious. He punches um, through the door. <laughs> you know, they get to their car, right? Someone's probably playing a nomad. Car has a bomb on it. Mm. You know. That's right. Or I did once uh, they go into the, the 
because I had a, a person that like was trying to like be tactical in their situation. I wanted to give them uh, like a moment to shine. Um, I had them all roll for it. Of course, the, the person who was doing that had the character with the high stat, which is why they were doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you see this like, like humanoid figures scurry into a, uh, into a vent nearby. Um, I did get hit with an Among Us joke at that point. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize it until it happened. Come on, it got James. Me. Come it got on. Me. It got me. They got me good. <laughs> you set it up so easy. I had easy. to move on. I know, I know, but it was an Arasaka ninja. Mm-hmm. I had to um, bomb on the... Then that's why there was a bomb on the car, you know, yeah. that stuff. And then they're trying to get to a... Then they get out of the building, right? And you've got to bring the tension with some sort of car chase or something. Um, and the sort of point of all this is keep the tension at maximal URF now. Now you are about to die. It is time for you to die now. Yeah. Um, the whole time. Yeah. There, um, it's, the, it's the hunted scenario. You are being hunted. So it has to be tension all the time, every time. Obstacles all the time, every time. And it works for many reasons. It works especially in cyberpunk because a lot of cyberpunk movies have these scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're being chased by the man. Yeah. You know. Um, but it's also really satisfying when like the bombs on the car and one of the players is like, hey, I check to see if there's a bomb on the car first. And then you give them that opportunity to do something really cool where they found the and- bomb. And that's why you don't do the bomb on the car as the first thing, mm-hmm. because they don't know to check the car for a bomb. Yeah. But if you set up the idea that there's a billboard with your face on it and you're, you know, super criminal number one. Uh, yeah, you got to set up the tension. News, set up the tension. Um, what I like to do at all points in times, if there's any slowdown, is I like to say you hear a helicopter. <laughs> and, no- <laughs> and nothing nothing scares them more and they'll move on and they'll just coast on the tension of a potential action and as long as you show that oh no there is a helicopter they just fired a smart missile at you what do you do oh god smart Um, missile dude yeah uh, narrative missling is great um i'm gonna be talking about some uh some explosions maybe yeah upcoming dlc oh but um but uh the cool part is that like you can do and this is your place to do the um play the tricks, you know. These people likely don't know the system and they don't know that like oh a smart missile only does 66 damage mm-hmm. and it only gets to retarget if it misses by three, mm-hmm. two or less. Yeah. Right. You're never going to get somebody saying, technically, we should capture the smart missile. It's worth a thousand dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll never get that in the con game. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, the only reason you brought it up is because there's a nomad driving the car and they haven't got to do a cool thing yet. Yeah, exactly. That's that's and the the, cool thing they're going to get to do is, you know, swerve. (laughs) But for the podcast listeners, he James has a Hot Wheel, a yellow Hot Wheel, and he's making missile noises with the car. That's great. Right. So um you um so you get through the car chase or whatever and then there's a final threat of some kind. 
Um, for one, I had the final threat be, and there's um, there's a final threat in the city. Um, one be the way that you're trying to escape. There's a gang thing there, and uh, you are blocked by a parade of clowns. Oh no! And you can run them over, but which part of the stream you want to go? And you give them an op, a choice of some kind that interacts with gameplay. Like you could run over this guy or this guy or this guy, and I'll make them different, um, different groups of people, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Then they have their their fight with the bozos on top of the RV that they're driving, and somebody has to get out onto the hood to attack out the chainsaw, and um, you're just coming up with this as fast as you can, sort of. Um, the final beat is a cool beat. Um, it's the did you get away with it beat. Oh. Um, I had for that, they blocked the bridges and they had a because they had a lawman in the party and they hadn't gotten to do cool stuff. Um, they had been like calling people being like, hey. Um, so has anybody found those fugitives yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Where are they? Yeah. They're completely just, uh, just other ask. side of town, south part of town. I think I'd look there, not not anywhere where the northern area is. <laughs> right, right. So they, they run into a police blockade, mm. and the cop had to get out and go like, how you doing? Hey, Jim. Um, yeah, it's, we're working on an undercover case. Yeah, so, well, we got we to gotta check IDs. and, and we gotta check, Right, right, right. Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, see you Saturday. Yeah, okay, um, all right. Yeah, exactly. That kind through. of scene. But <laughs> that one is it's muted because you've done all this crazy stuff. Then you have this like <clears throat> bridge from tension into oh my god, we might actually get away with it. Mm. Um and you try your hardest to um you know, make them feel like they didn't deserve it. So the ending um, is is escape, is safety. The ending is escape unless they fail it, then they fail. Yeah. You have to put them under real danger, and it's a con game. And if you all die in a con game, that's kind of fun in its own way. Too. Oh yeah, it's so great if Just, you die in a con game. Look, it's unearned death. Did anybody die? About. Any characters die? Um, we had a character hit death saves. Okay. Um, and we had multiple people lose multiple limbs. Oh. <laughs> that's sort of what cyberpunk is. Red is more likely to maim you than kill you. Yeah. Um, but it'll still kill you faster than he will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By far. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, we had uh, we had one end with um, oh, I forgot framing mechanism. Um, over this whole thing, you have a framing mechanism of like an, a character that is their ally that will help them, but you got to go to a location outside the city. Can't do the city because it's too hot right now, right? Mm-hmm. And some reason, and it has to be tied to um, sort of, uh, it has to be tied to the character who chose to do the bad thing. So two times I had rocker boys do the bad thing, and I had it be their agent. Oh, okay. Basically doing damage right. control. The agent is doing yeah. damage control. damage control. And they're... Um, the solo has another solo buddy. The lawman has a lawman buddy. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I can get you out of the country. I have a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to get out of here, man. Yeah. Um, you saved my life once back in South America. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're even after this one, pal. I, yeah, 
you didn't do any of this. This is all a setup. I believe you. How did you set up the scenario where the players uh, all kind of want? How did, what did you facilitate to make the players want to? Uh, sorry, the characters to want to interact with each other because you know everybody makes their own people, and how do you make them friends? So um, this setting uh, in this quick con game situation, um, I don't care that they're friends or not. What I care is that they can't betray each other. Okay. So I do that. I accomplish that in one quick way, which is at the beginning of the session. And this is part of that, that gluing um, the other part of the framing mechanism where I have everyone else at the table that did, wasn't the person that said I did the bad thing say, why can't you betray them? And why are you in it with them together? Um, and uh, they have to self-select to be uh to be sort of uh, a co-conspirator of some kind oh gotcha and and that's and that's so people don't you know so people get with the program right yeah i mean um, i've talked about it game, in my videos too it's the loner badass that talks to nobody like yeah i get it it's cool when we watch a movie and there's the loner and he doesn't talk to anyone and he's gruff and he's silent but in a game that doesn't really work when everybody is that and it's like then why would we all work together we're supposed to be playing as a group somehow i always do the co-worker thing like you're not best friends you're not family you're just working together because you're people that you you can trust and to get the job done because you're all going to get a payout so sometimes what i do in this specific con situation is not only do I say, why why are you wrapped up? I say, why are you wrapped up on this with them? And why can't you betray them? Mm -hmm. um, but then I have, when it shows there, the person who did the bad things thing on the billboard in the beginning of the adventure, um, I have them uh, see, or any of their known associates, name, name, name. Oh, name. oh yeah, okay. So you tie them all together. Yeah, you can tie them all together in this to thing. They all tied together. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah um there are, uh there's a reason why it's a formula you know yeah um it's because people want to be on the same team and they want to do a cooperative non-cooperative tabletop role playing is something i've almost never seen yeah it could be fun to explore in the future but not in a convention game that they've all sat and they they signed up to play with you right in this yep. situation um so you got to give them what they're expecting and then you know surprise them a little bit yeah, um, one of the one of the techniques I've done because there's so much such a dynamic with random people. Mm -hmm. You never know. Like one guy's the talkative guy and one guy's the quiet guy, one guy's the combat guy. When it comes to the quiet person that's kind of reserved and is just sitting there, I always make sure to give them some kind of opportunity to be in a position of power, either over an NPC or in the scenario that we're in. Just to give Good them idea. that opportunity to be like, hey, you call the shots right now. And I might even mentally give them a little bit of an advantage just to let them have something. Because once they succeed and everyone's like, dude, good job. You did it. You did the thing that we needed to do. It gives them a little boost of confidence and they engage into the game a little bit easier. I've definitely 
seen that happen. And then, then they're engaging as much as everybody else. And at least they get the back half of the experience. Yeah. Maybe they were a slow, slow to engage, but once they engage, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'll... I've also seen players that just, you know, want to be along for the ride and stuff. Exactly. And yeah. That's cool. And I often find that this, here's something I'm bad at. Um, if I have a con game and I have five people there, right. I can only engage up to four people heavily in a story. Um, I think in a lot of these times, a lot of times I'll have like cool things for all these four people, but we only have two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I miss somebody. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get better about that. Um, no, you I, know. I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think you're alone in that. A lot of people will share that same kind of thing. I've run games for six plus people and it gets really hard. Oh, you can't. It's tough. It's you can do it, but um, you know it's hard to concentrate on more than four people at a time. So yeah, two my, people always get asked out. Truth, especially in six-player games, that's that's yeah. rough con gaming. Um, if I had my brothers, I'd try to cap everything at four. Yeah. Um, or five, if you know that's yeah. If it's a. Uh, the thing is, like, it's you, hard to say no to people. That's what you know, it is. I was going to say that. Yeah, so. you, you want to play with everybody. Yeah. We had some scheduling conflicts where they, like, double booked all my games. Mm. And, like, I had. Yeah, that was that was hard for me to be like, oh, you can't do an eight person game. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel you, man. You know, um, uh, what we ended up doing to solve them is um, we just made more time slots available later in the con um, and said, okay, you have a game. We're not going to give anybody else to sign up for it, but it's just to solve this problem we had here. Um, just show up on Sunday at this time in this space. I'll be here and we'll play. Yeah, that's, that's um, good. That's, that's cool that you did that. I could have only done that because everybody else at Artal was doing their best and gave me the space I needed to, to get that done. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it was massive team effort um at this at this last con and it um yeah I, I felt like you know i had a great time that's great man i think all those people too have like a good nice little core memory unlocked because of you ran games for them there's one final thing though to end this all with the discussion of the ending of the framing mechanism okay and it's an important final bit there needs to be something about the um if you're playing a character something about the framing mechanism that is inherently funny hmm. and at the end needs to be revealed um for example for one of them i had their producer be extremely high um when he called initially um and he didn't believe the whole like you killed two people in a drunk driving accident uh that are related to arasaka um, and he didn't really believe it. And he was saying, no, no, I got you. I got this. I got a plane. I got all this stuff, uh, you know, no. and at the end, uh, he's there at the final point, but you're, I believe then it was like, no, it's fine. You just bring me anybody at all yeah. and we'll get them biosculpted to look like you and it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll say, we'll, we'll say that they're a crazy fan and, I can't do this voice. <laughs> <laughs>
James is dying, guys. Ah. Uh, we'll say they're a crazy fan, and um, they did the crime, actually, and it was never you to begin with. Um, and then in this game, they got to um, they got to the the manager on the the bluff overlooking Night City, you know, in his like old beat up Camaro or whatever, and they they just drop a they just drop an Arasaki agent in their foot and they go like, okay. I got the body. Let's bioscope it up. And he looks at them completely horrified. He was like, oh, God. He's going to have a weird day at work. He's going to have a weird day at work tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end, you have to stand up and say, and this means that you have successfully evaded consequences. Yeah. Everyone everyone claps. Yeah. And the whole plane clapped. The whole plane clapped. <laughs> um, oh, and that was that was the convention game that I, I don't know how long that ran. But, Dude, uh, that's so that cool was, that you. Uh, it sounds like I, you had such a great time doing that, man. Yeah, I got to do it like four different ways. Um, it was great. Yeah, the hunted scenario is great. The, you, there's so many things to do. Like you, you could do the you go somewhere, you kill somebody. You go somewhere, you get something the MacGuffin. hunted is another one that you just did hunted is really good Uh, and there's so many ways you can do the hunted scenario you can have it like they're at a nightclub just hanging around and someone bursts through the door and it's an ally of the one guy that did the bad thing and he's coming huffing and puffing have you seen the news no turn on the fucking tvs yeah (laughs) And then there's your friend, the the player's face on the TV. Oh, no, I'm trending on Twitter. (laughs) That's never good. (laughs) Oh, no, this is never. Oh, man. That's so yeah, that's fun. That's cool, man. How many? So how many games total did you do? I think I did four different ones. Wow. Um, No, I, I did more than that. I did a couple a day. Did you have repeat people like come back and want to do the same scenario? No, uh, we we just don't have enough. You know, we're not Paizo. Yeah, we <laughs> we want we want to play with as much many people as we can, and we want people to have. Um, I mean, if you want to play a Witcher game and then you want to play a Cyberpunk game, that's fine. Yeah, but if you want to play multiple Cyberpunk games, maybe we're like oh, let other people play Cyberpunk, please. So were these um, were these uh, majority Cyberpunk fans, or were these people that were like, oh, I always wanted to play. It looks interesting, but I have no idea what it's all about. Like, what was that ratio? That's a good point. Uh, we had a lot of people that were brand new to mm-hmm. the system because the system's new, yeah, and um, they want to try it out, right? A lot of people coming from like um, D and D, number one. A lot of people from D and D. Yeah. Um, a lot of people either coming from like, yeah, I tried the new Shadowrun, and mm-hmm. so people are cyberpunk adjacent. Old fans of cyberpunk. Um, a lot of people who are used to more newer story games, like Blades in the Dark style thing. Mm. Um, so that's good. That means that a gamut, a gamut. Yeah, but mostly people from D and D. People are used to our older stuff and um, people uh, people that are used to newer story games. That's you know, good, people man. have like, I played something that isn't D&D. I played Place in the Dark. That means our community is growing. 
yeah, no, that's it is totally growing. I that's mean, so you cool, look at the, the size of each of the social gathering, you know, like look at the Reddit. The yeah. Reddit grows by like 200 people a month. Oh, yeah. There's new people in our Discord all the time. I get new subscribers all the time. Brand new. I get like people watching my first videos and going like, I just picked up the core rule book yesterday. And these are, this is great stuff. So like there's yeah. new people every day. It's really cool. Yeah, um, we, um, we were back up on the, uh, on the top charts on um, drive through just after Christmas, just because of people getting gift cards and stuff. Wow. That's so cool, man. So that means that it's, you know, it's a, we're, we're growing. Yeah. I mean, it's, they, you'll find new cyberpunks around every corner. My local shop can't hold on to the core rule book. It goes away like immediately. As soon as somebody walks in, they pick it up all the time. Rock on. Yeah, it is rocking on. Um, okay, before I get crucified by the community, we should answer some questions. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Let's let's do that. Let's answer some questions. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, guys. I'm, I'm sorry if we went long on the beginning part, but I think most of you actually enjoy that aspect of the podcast. If you don't, let me know. Uh, in the comments if you do let me know in the comments as well <laughs> just interact with us we'd love to hear from you guys love to hear uh, any ideas you guys have of things that you'd like us to cover because this isn't just about dlcs it's about cyberpunk and it's about the community and that's what we want to do we want to connect with you guys speaking of connecting with the community let's go to our next question this is from boss angler nice Oh my god, Boss Angler. That's right. Yeah, I know this name. Boss Angler is an OG of the community. He's helped me out a lot, a lot. And actually he gave me this really cool. Let me I got to sh- I got to show this off. Hold you on. have to show it. Hold on. What out there? I mean, I didn't even want to open it. And he told me like, "Come on, dude. What are you talking about? Open it. Use it." Okay. This is my God. You see that? It's a Militech yeah. slipcover for the dragon skins. The, it's a dragon skin Militech slipcover for the Cyberpunk 2020 core rulebook. Unfortunately, this is for the hardcover, and I have only the paperback, so it doesn't perfectly fit. But you know, I put it on there anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, big shout Man, out I to you, remember boss. when it when are dragon skins coming back, dude. I didn't want to open it though. It was like perfectly sealed. It said uh, copyright nineteen ninety three on it. I was like, I was oh. born that year. Oh, there you go. Showing sorry, my age, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm buddy. sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. Uh, but yeah, uh, the question. Let's go to the question. We digressed. Uh, this is <clears throat> boss told me this is actually one of those questions that's like in the community all the time, and it would be good to like get an answer from you on this. Um, wow. How do you take aim, and is it considered a held action in combat? In the core rulebook, there's a section that says uh, uh, talks about taking aim, giving you, I believe it gives you like a plus one to hit or something like it's 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 kind of a little bit vague. Um, uh, let me find it. But why don't you talk about holding actions and taking aim? Um, Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Taking aim? I Is this an aimed shot? 
No, no. This is uh taking extra time, basically. Oh, taking extra time. Yeah. Yeah, it takes in combat. Four, it takes four actions over the course of four turns, because it's taking four times extra time, correct? Oh, I guess if you want to do four times, I was not aware that that's what it is. I'm actually looking it up in the in the book right now. In combat, it's basically because it takes so much time. I believe it's take four times extra time for a plus one. Okay. Boss. Boss Angler. This is taking extra time. If you're taking extra time to shoot, that means you're bringing up your aim, you're aiming. Um, you're taking longer to make sure that you get the right shot. And that takes exactly as long as taking extra time does with every other skill in the game. You're just doing it with a gun skill. You get plus one. Okay, so I guess the question is uh, taking extra time that is considered, that's not even a held action. That's like you're not doing anything for four turns. Yeah, um, it's for sniping. For sniping, got you. And then what do you that's get? What do you get for four turns of taking aim? Plus one. Okay, found it. One thirty. Okay. Taking additional, taking extra time. So when you do that with a gun, that's called aiming. Um, there's also making an aimed shot, which is different. Um, but yeah. you can do both at the same time. You can take additional time on your aimed shot. Um, that's page 130. Oh, yeah. It says it right there. Taking extra time can also give you a bonus to your skill check. When the GM tells you how long a task will take to complete, you get a single plus one bonus to your skill check for taking four times longer. So that so makes since sense. Making a shot with a gun is three second in combat thing. So if we zoom out of action economy space and we think 12 seconds yeah 12 seconds to aim a gun if you want to make it a little bit more um in a d10 system would like to point this out in a d10 system every plus one counts much more than if you're coming from D D, and this is much more than a plus two yes in a D &D style yeah, system. for sure because we have less numbers to work with, um, we have to make them make them count here. Um, complementary skills. Here's an interesting thing that's additional to this. You can make complementary skill checks in combat too. That's the I'm spotting for you in while you're sniping. Right, I'm there with the the binoculars. I'm like, okay, you know, I've got the the weather perception, the weather perception, thing. tactics, something like that. Right. Uh, yeah, 24 miles per hour wind from the southeast, and you're like, got it, taking the shot. <laughs> one shot, one kill. You miss. Sorry, you have a, you have a cyber eye. You miss. Taking the shot. <laughs> nice cyber eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I hope that answers the question. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, this is from Hollis McRae. On page 230, it says that each piece of cyberware will decrease your maximum humanity by two, Borgware by four, and zero if it has no humanity loss at installation. But what about humanity loss of 1d6 or 1d6 divided by two, such as amplified hearing or the anti-dazzle mod on the cyber eye? Is this subject to a minimum of two as well, even though the result would maybe less than two? Is what no, it's not, it's not subject to a minimum of two. 
if you get lucky, then you get lucky. Uh, so uh, I think the you idea roll a is... one on a one d six humanity loss check for installing cyberware that causes one d six humanity loss. Then you can. Um, then you only take one. Okay. There what you go. this is is you know when you're. That's the the minimum for like getting your humanity. That's been okay. Then. Um, the reason why this all comes out in the wash is because every 10 points of humanity is one point of empathy. Mm -hmm. So this is only when you're on the margin and then you make a lucky roll on installation. Um, really, it's... Uh, it's I think in order to get back the top of the humanity, you really just have to uninstall. So this is talking about decreasing your maximum humanity by two, if it's the cyberware. maximum humanity you can have. Mm -hmm. um, if you, through good rolling, end up one higher than that, because you roll the one instead of a two, three, four, five, or six on a one d six, then it's okay. You can stay there. Okay, there you go. But little, little the next time you see something horrifying and go down one d six humanity, then you. Only going up to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It changes okay. the ceiling. Uh, this is if from... you're temporarily over the ceiling because of some lucky rolling. That's okay. Okay. Thank you, James. Uh, this is from RAF three. Is there a limit to how many upgrades a vehicle can get? I uh, know. I thought that that was the answer. Moving on, um, the duplicate up. Some duplicate upgrades do nothing when you duplicate them. Yeah, like so the armor upgrade, right? There's a rational limit mm -hmm. um, in terms of the limit of what would be rational to do, but you're willing, you can do whatever you want as long as you're willing to, you know, be a little wild and crazy. Yeah. Um, That's how we get those uh, Mad Max type vehicles because they, yeah, <laughs> excess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, certainly when you're leveling up Nomad, um, you want to, you want to do exactly what you want to do, and you don't want anyone to tell you otherwise. Okay. Uh, here's a question from Stefan Beretti. Beretti? I'm sorry if I messed up your name. How do Big Nucks, Wolvers, or Rippers interact with body-based modifiers to martial arts and brawling damage? I they think, don't. Yeah. That, the, those they, are melee weapons. Those don't interact, but I guess the idea is like, hey, I'm doing a karate punch. Why can't that also be? Why can't my wolvers be incorporated in that punch? Um, it because you shouldn't because it'll because it'll make you add additional numbers every time you roll dice mm -hmm. because you're already going to overkill the PC by the increase in DPR damage. This this sounds this sounds shitty when I put it like. I'm going to get out of my own head. Um, the reason here is that it won't affect gameplay. It will slow down turn times. Uh, and likely you're having both skills be different um, gives a better... Um, 
it gives a better ecosystem for character variety in terms of builds. Like, if you want to have armor, you got to get melee weapons. Um, if you only have this amount of budget. The others are plus two skills, and brawling is only good for grabbing and people. It's it's a delicate ecosystem, and I, I don't think you should change it. Yeah, so this is um, basically just uh, the game In 2020, is... by the way, this mm-hmm. existed. This was called the Body Type Modifier. Yeah. And it did nothing to improve gameplay. No, it just added an additional math where you just like, oh, I mitigate damage by what is my BTM? You'd ha- always go back to the sheet. Yeah. See, I've, I've timed turns of 2020, and I've done the science, and I, I'll tell you, it, it doesn't make anyone have more fun. Oh, no, I'm, I'm such a fan of it being gone. I know some people are not because they're like, I like the realism of, like, I have a thick body, so I reduce damage. I get that, but the crunch was too much. It just took too much time from the game, in my opinion. All right. Well, I hope that answered your and, question. And don't worry. There's more that you'll, you'd rather do crunchy on your turn coming out soon. And, you know, I had to fill up the, I had to free up the time in the time budget of your turn, a.k.a. how long you can take on your turn before the other people are like, Jesus, this is taking a little too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it will soon be full with interesting, different things and not, I get a plus one to damage. Yeah. Exactly. All right, we're going to do two quick ones and we'll end it there. Again, I'm I'm sorry if that came off negative. No, it's, no. It, I I don't like additive math. That's a personal decision. Yeah, it's nothing against you, it's against math, okay? Yeah. James has a disgust for extra math. <laughs> that that's 100% what it is. That's all it is. Uh, but you know, hey, there's people out there that love to crunch numbers. I think there's a game called Phoenix Command that you might want to check out, where you have to like look through seven different charts to find out if your bullet hit somebody. Oh, the, you're being cruel. You're being cruel, John. John, I, don't... hey, this is a. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. This is for real. Or if you want to play Warhammer, I love Warhammer. That's a number crunching game, dude. He, he's about to be like, I. I love Warhammer. Come play Warhammer with me. <laughs> exactly. I go to this shop. <laughs> Come, come! The plastic crack is free. The first, no, it's never free. It's never free. Uh, anyway, eighty percent. <laughs> Nihilus Astelin. Eighty percent plastic crack. Twenty percent polymer clay that looks like a cool face. Knees weak, arms are heavy. All right. Nihilus Astelin says, "Do the solo bonuses apply to when you're net running, such as the damage reduction or damage increase?" This is a niche question. I've multiclassed the solo net runner. Does that apply? All right. <laughs> you wrote it down, Nihilus. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> Nihilus is going to be so happy that he got you to react this way. <laughs> there you go. Cool award. Oh, my God, dude. What a hey, wa- You deserve it. I mean, look at that illustrious award. The, the, the handwriting in itself. That's straight from James Hutt. Just for you, Nihilus. That's super cool. Um, let's get you an actual answer. I need to look at the book. <laughs> this is so you're gonna want to find the solo. Uh, I'm guessing you want to find the solo special abilities. Yes. Um, combat awareness. Damage deflection works. It'll if work. You take brain damage. It will work. Wow. Damage deflection. 
Um, now that that is raw. That that may not be RAI because I just thought about that. <laughs> um, so there's no way I could have intended it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it makes sense. Kind of. Honestly, um, you pay for here's a lot. The problem. To do here's that. the problem. It makes comic book sense. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of okay. Um, Cyberpunk is also a science fiction game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not science realism. Mike uh, said uh, he always thought Cyberpunk was like a comic book to him. Like the style. It's comic book. It makes sense. I mean, I could see somebody going like, yeah, I've been through a lot. And because of that, when, you know, I get hit and I get, uh, I take a hellhound straight to the head, I can just go, hmm. Yeah, the hellhound's going to uh, have to compete with the bullet that is stuck in my head from the Southam War. <laughs> right, yeah. I like it. Um, so, uh, fumble recovery will only work while attacking. So, it will work for um, attack rolls you make in the net. What about damage increase? Will my zap do uh, more damage? That's actually significant because zap yeah, is... Yeah, precision attack will work because it's an attack as long as you're making attacks. Yeah. Um, initiative reaction, well, that's fine. Um, it won't really do much for you, but spot weakness, plus one to the damage before armor or the first successful attack in a round. Yep, that's still an attack. Wow. Um Yes, it works. It all works. It works. It all works. That's because amazing. Because I wrote it modularly enough, it works. <laughs> I did not intend it to work, but it does. Hey, well, you know what? That's uh, that's what we call a happy accident. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it. I was reading through that, and I was like, "Oh God, is this going to break something? Oh no, I missed something." <laughs> I was try. I was trying to be so perfect. Ah, uh, that's good. Um, but no, no, it uh, it works. Okay. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Nihilus. He has another question for you, and we're going to end the show on this last one. How many D6 damage was the Arasaka headquarters bombing nuke, and how much IP did Johnny Silverhand get at the end? Well, I don't think Johnny Silverhand received any IP for the end of that session. Oh. Um, I don't know. He may have. Uh, I don't know how much damage the nuke was let me um go get a 2020 book <laughs> what are we looking at are we but the arasaka nuke's not in there is it yeah it's not i'm trying to find anything to help me <laughs> um i liked your previous question better <laughs> um, you know i could grab the corp report and i could try to get a damage corporate damage done to cost ratio for it for ip but um we'll save it for next episode I, I will say i will say that if we go by the scale of who knows who johnny silverhand is so we can backdoor this um it's pretty clear that people would know who johnny silverhand is and because that it reasons to believe that it was a large amount of reputational gain mm. um and that's all that matters in the world of cyber and i would well, you know, we're 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 twenty five plus years in the future, um. So, uh, I don't know how much IP that would be. You know, it's it's a difficult decision. All right. Well, All we're I have gonna... to say is uh, the previous question was much better. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I will. Uh, 
I await your further questions. Well, there you go, Nihilus. I hope you're proud of yourself. You had one good one. You had a dud on the second one. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, one hit is is still one hit. Uh, well James I think that we should wrap it up now we had a great episode I missed you man it's good to see you I'm glad you're back I'm glad you're healthy well and in this brand new year thanks man thank you new year new you like the shirt by the way thank you Scott Brown baby you you saw the Nova the gun oh yeah 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 from from Gunmas uh huh we got the gun. I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. All right, City guys. Hunters for everybody today. That's it. Uh, Night City uh, Council has adjourned, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all. Yep, the gavel's been hit. We want to thank you all for having an awesome 2021, and we're looking forward to 2022. More cyberpunk, some cool stuff coming in the future. James. Thank you so much for everything you do for the community. Thank you for everything you do. Hey, man, we're in this together. I love it. Anything you want to say to the people before we sign off? More DLCs coming soon. Uh, Just didn't work over Christmas. So I'll see you later in the month. All right. Maybe early next month. Don't worry. He's going to work double time now. (laughs) We'll see what I got to (laughs) do. See you guys later. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye.